0: Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 12. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share
1: their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John
0: Duma. Hey, Fire Nation, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Entrepreneur on Fire, the place for inspiring interviews with today's most successful entrepreneurs. Are you on our email list? If not, you are missing your chance at the $50 cash we give to one lucky subscriber every Wednesday. Would your Wednesday be a little better with 50 bucks in your pocket? Go to entrepreneuronfire.com or eofire.com if you're like me and can't spell entrepreneur, to find out more. Question, have you been searching for an elite mastermind group? If yes, look no further than Ignite, an amazing mastermind of aspiring entrepreneurs. We have weekly webinars, amazing resources, forums, and huge giveaways, including a $200 cash giveaway every week. Come join our community at IgniteMastermind.com. If you enjoy this free podcast, please show your love and support by heading over to eofire.com and clicking the subscribe and iTunes button at the top of our page. This will shoot you over to iTunes where you can leave a rating and review. To show my appreciation for your hopefully five-star rating and review, I will give you a shout out at the top of an upcoming show telling the world just how cool you are. And now a shout-out for those who gave us a five-star rating and review. Justin Lamontagne, Mary Keenan, Dustin Hartzler, JJT48, Anna Norengard, Jen TG, and Jason Van Orden. Thank you so much, guys. Fire Nation salutes you. Okay, let's get started. I am simply pumped to introduce my new guest today, Laura Roder. Laura, are you prepared to ignite?
1: I am.
0: Nice, that's exactly <laughs> the response that I was looking for. So Laura is the founder of LKR Social Media, which is now a team of six. She offers strategic consulting in the form of videos you can watch in your own office, on your own time, at your own pace. She's spoken at some of the most well-respected events in her industry to include South by Southwest Interactive, BlogHer, and the Social Communications Summit. She's also been quoted in big-name publications such as LA Times, Bloomberg, and CNET. Wow, those those are big hitters, Laura. They are. Listen, I've given a little bit of an overview of yourself, but why don't you take us to in-depth about who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah. So my company teaches small businesses about how to market using social media. And we do that, like you said, through online classes. So it's not in-person workshops. It's basically like having a workshop uh, on your own time, on your own computer. So I'm not a typical consultant. I actually don't do any one-on-one consulting. Uh, I actually believe that a business should learn how to do social media itself. I don't think that social media is something you can just write a check to another company and have them do it for you. Even if you're getting outside help, I think you really need to understand the strategy yourself. So that's what I preach and that's what I practice in my business.
0: Great. And did I get your numbers right? Are you still a team of six right now?
1: That's correct.
0: Wonderful. Well, let's transition into the first part of our show, which is the success quote, because here at Entrepreneur on Fire, we like to get the motivational ball rolling. We like to get people excited and ready for the rest of the interview. So, Laura, why don't you start us off with your favorite success quote?
1: Okay, well, I have to admit I'm not really a quotes person. So um, when I saw you wanted a quote, I did I did have to dig a little bit. Uh, but there is a quote that I read recently that's really stuck in my mind. And it's kind of simple. I hope, I hope it's motivational enough. Um, but the quote is from a writer named Annie Dillard, and it's, how we spend our days is, of course how we spend our lives.
0: Very nice. Well, I'll tell you is that most entrepreneurs' first reaction is, man, I have so many success quotes. It's (laughs) so hard to choose. How can I possibly do that? So it's different and a little refreshing and maybe uh, it was good for you to go and dig a little bit and find a success quote because that definitely was a good one. How do you apply this to your everyday life?
1: To me, it's a really nice reminder that the kind of mundane every day is our life. And if I'm not enjoying what I do every single morning, then I'm not building a life that I enjoy. Because I, I think we tend to focus on uh, you know, the highs and lows, like the, the big wins or the big successes or the vacations or the big upsets or the big failures. But actually, those are only little tiny snapshots of our life. The vast majority of our life is just what we do every day, day in and day out.
0: True words, Laura, very true words. So our next topic is failure. We're gonna really delve into this topic because it's really the essence of everybody's entrepreneurial journey and Entrepreneur on Fire is all about the story. So let's go back to a time when you've experienced failure and start off by giving us the events that led up to that failure.
1: Okay, this is this is another area <laughs> where I don't know if I'm a bad, bad interview subject for you. Um, I have an answer to this question, but I always have trouble answering this question uh, when I get interviewed because I don't look at my journey and see, like, the failure. There have been loads of mistakes that I've made along the way, and I don't know if it's just how I interpret things, but I never, to me, failure is like everything crashing and burning. And to me, it never gets that bad (laughs) because you can always, you can always sort of pick up and and start where you left off. And there's no mistake that you can't recover from. So I was thinking, I'll just talk about a mistake that I've made, but
0: I don't really do it as a a failure. Okay. And take your time in doing this. And again, this is kind of refreshing because What I typically hear from entrepreneurs is, oh my God, how could I choose one failure? I've had so many. And they do look at it as failures, which on some levels they are, but on other levels, it's all about how you perceive things. Perception can be reality. So I like how you perceive your past mistakes. So let's go into one or two, but let's really flesh these out.
1: So one that comes to mind is waiting too long to scale a really core part of my business. And I would say for me, a theme in developing my business has been scaling and and figuring out how to scale more and how to scale faster and and how to jump to that next level. So when I first started my business, I was doing web design uh, for local businesses, making them websites and some print materials, and that was just me doing everything you know, doing the design for them, having one-on-one client type of business. And after doing that for just about two years, I really saw the ceiling that I hit, that I couldn't have a business that made as much money as I wanted doing that because I only had so many hours a day. And realistically, there's only so much that you can charge for a website. So after doing that for about two years, I saw, okay, I need, I need to start over. I need to start with a new model that can scale the way I want it to, that can build a you know multiple six figure seven figure business. So at that point, at the beginning of 2009, I switched over at first I started doing social media consulting, sort of trying to find my way and what I would do next. and then I made my first online course, my first info product. And for me, I really felt like I found my, my flow as an entrepreneur then. I felt like I found the model, that worked, that was a lot easier for me than consulting, that sold better, and that could scale because I could make a class and I could sell that same class to thousands of people, right, instead of doing the one-on-one work. So that went along for a few years, but then I kind of more recently, really just really in the in the past year, saw that ceiling as well because at first I was doing the one-on-one work and then I hit that ceiling And then with my online courses, I was teaching all the courses myself. And because I do social media, uh, you have to update and redo the courses all the time because it's constantly changing. So I found myself on this hamster wheel of redoing my courses over and over again. I had lots of ideas for new courses I wanted to do, but I only had so much time to create and edit and record them. And I was getting a little bit sick of it. I was starting to not look forward to recording a new course instead of it something, being something that I was excited about. So I had this idea in my head that I had to record all the courses myself. You know, I've really built my business around my brand and my personality and my name. And I thought it had to be me doing all the courses. And I think I really limited myself for way too long because I'm a, I'm a good delegator and I had hired out other areas of my business like customer service and project management and building websites and technical things. I had hired all that out, but I, I had this idea in my head that I had to hang on to this one last little thing, which was recording the courses. And about a year ago, really a little less than a year ago, I finally let that go and brought in some help creating the courses as well and other people actually teaching the courses. And now my business Now that I don't have to record everything, now I can just scale so much bigger than I could before. And I think I could have grown my business even faster than I have had I let myself kind of go to that next level earlier.
0: So you were cruising along and then you you hit a ceiling. At what point did you start to bring people into your business? Tell us about how that area unfolded.
1: So for me, it was something, first of all, my business is totally bootstrapped. So every dollar that's gone into my business has been earned by my business. Uh, so I think this is an interesting topic. This is something people ask about a lot because it can feel like a real catch-22 when you're bootstrapping because you don't have you know hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting around to hire salaried employees. And I've grown my team very gradually, basically whenever I have the money, Uh, I hire someone new. But when you are bootstrapping, you're probably not going to be able to go out and get sort of a typical full-time employee at that salary. So I've done it a variety of ways. A lot of people have started out with part-time work for me. And because I'm an online business and because they can work from home, they can set their own hours, they can work whenever they like, I offer a lot of other benefits besides just pay. So what I've done with most of the people that work for me is they start out at you know, a reasonable rate but, but definitely on the low end of the scale, a low flat monthly rate working part time and then some of those people have evolved into being full-time employees as my need for them has grown and the business has grown and the revenue has grown.
0: Let's talk about scalability versus trading time for money. I really love this topic. It's so true to the internet world. But I would love to hear your journey to actually being at a scalable place.
1: It's something that I have really tried to keep my eye on relentlessly uh, because it's something really important to me in a business. My goals for building a business are building a business that I can step back from and then I can let other people run. And I like to travel a lot and take a lot of time away from the computer and so I need to be able to build something that I can be off the computer for weeks or months at a time and it can still go without me. And I'm I'm not totally there yet, right now in my business it will go without me, it might not grow <laughs> without me, it might stay about the same <laughs> uh, how it is now so it's something that my team and I are, are always working on. And evolving. Um, I just made another change just about a month ago that was a, a huge change in scalability. And, and this is another kind of sort of a mistake story. You could view it as a mistake. So something that I did when I started my business is, I, I like I said, I had a course and then I added another course. I started with a course on Twitter and then I added one about making a website and one about Facebook. And people bought them individually. They were all standalone courses. But we were having this problem because we specialize in helping people that are new to social media. People are always coming to us saying, well, you offer a Twitter course and a Facebook course, but how could I possibly know which course I'm supposed to take? That's that's why I'm coming to you, (laughs) right? That's why I'm going to your website so you can tell me, do I need to be on Twitter? Do I need to be on Facebook? Do I need a blog? So we had this sort of weird situation where It's like you almost didn't know what course you needed until you already bought it. Uh, And we were getting a lot of requests for a package where you could buy everything. And in the past, we made it really hard to buy more than one thing because we didn't even have a shopping cart. We had individual order forms. So if you wanted to buy more than one course, you would just have to fill out your billing info over and over again. Really, really didn't make it easy or streamlined at all. Uh, So in January, February, we were working on, it was actually at the time it was just going to be a one-off special promotion where we offered a bundle of all of our courses. And so we're working on this promotion and, you know, how are we going to deliver it and how are we going to market it? And as we get more and more into that process, we suddenly realize, you know, this would really, why isn't this just our business? (laughs) What we're selling, what we're thinking about offering is one little promo. That would really simplify everything, Because something that I saw happening with a bunch of different courses, well, if you're doing it right, that means you also have a bunch of different landing pages, a bunch of different marketing sequences. You know, each course obviously is work to build out and to update and to deliver. And then you have all the marketing that surrounds it as well. And I try to be good about things like if people opt in for three different things, not sending them twenty emails and getting in twenty different sequences. So the more stuff you build, it gets really complicated setting up all these rules for which promotional materials they're getting and not getting, and you know not getting two with the same sequence at once related to different products. And our plan was to grow our business by adding more products. So as far as scale goes, I start to I, I looked into the future and saw that was going to become, this uh this kind of tangled web and so we decided well let's just let's just make this our whole business let's drop our individual courses and instead we're going to have one site that you can subscribe to monthly and that will contain all of our previous courses new courses um social media updates a forum where people can get help sort of like Everything that our customers always wanted all in one site. And that's what's called Social Media Marketer. That's what I launched in July of this year. And that was another one of those big steps to help my business scale because now the marketing is so much simpler because now we have one program that we sell.
0: Looking ahead is very valuable, especially when you have a situation like the one you foresaw. So I definitely commend you for that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, I think that's a really important skill It's kind of looking at what you're doing I I always talk about that in marketing. Is the marketing that you're doing, will it just sort of keep your business at the same place or will it actually get you much farther ahead in five years?
0: We're going to transition into the next topic right now. And I'm I'm very excited about this one because you've been so contrarian up to this point. I really can't (laughs) wait to hear your answer to this one. Because as we've spoken about many times, an entrepreneur goes through a journey and we've touched upon some not so, so-called so failures but mistakes you've made in your past and you progress forward. You've already touched upon a couple smaller aha moments that you've yeah. had where a light bulb's come on, you've seen the future, you've seen where your business is going. But let's really take one and build upon that. Let's talk about an aha moment that you had where you just saw the light, the light bulb came on and you said, yes, this is me, this is what I want to do. What were the events that led up to that moment?
1: So one that I had was about my newsletter. Um, so in early 2009, late 2008, that's when I I fired all my web design clients. I decided I couldn't do web design anymore. I wasn't going to do it. I was going to do it, something totally new. And In the beginning, I didn't know exactly what shape that would take, but I knew that it had something to do with with social media and social media marketing. And so for my new business, uh, I knew that sending out email was really, really important to market my business. And like a lot of entrepreneurs, I had tried to do an email newsletter, and I had failed miserably. I tried to do a monthly one for my web design business and some months I would get it out. I usually wouldn't. It was never very good. I didn't really know what to write about. And I thought, well, if, if I'm gonna make this new business take off, I I really am gonna make a commitment. I want to have a weekly newsletter and I want to publish it every single week without fail. And I started thinking about okay, if I'm gonna do that, I have to have a plan so that it's realistic. Because I knew that if my plan was to write a full-on article every week, and by the way, I think newsletters have evolved a lot uh, in the past few years, since, since 2008, 2009, Very true. when I was making this change. So at the time, I think they're a little different now. And actually, there's a lot of them um, that have used my model. It's become kind of common now. I'm not the only one to have thought of it, but I was one of the early ones. But at the time, newsletters were mostly lists of very long articles where people would have a newsletter that was either one long article or often they would be, uh, you know, one to five really long articles all in a newsletter because you were supposed to give people a lot of really meaty content. And I do not like to write, I like to talk and I like to do videos. Writing articles is really tough for me. Uh, really slow, really painful. And so I'm like, man, I don't know how I'm going to do a weekly newsletter. I can't write these articles. So I thought about newsletters that I read and what I like and what I don't like. And I thought, well, I really never read all those articles anyway. It would be awesome to have a newsletter that could, that could give me just one little, one little tip every week instead of the long article, like just cut it down to the meat and just tell me what to do every week so with that idea I started thinking okay well I should base that on what questions my customers are asking you know that would be the great content for the newsletter but then I thought no that won't really work because the questions people ask are are too simple because the kind of questions I was getting um, from my customers were things like how do I leave a comment on a blog I don't know what forms to fill out or how do i you know upload a photo to facebook or you know how do i friend someone on facebook really really simple things and i thought no i can't put that in my newsletter because everyone's going to think it's it's silly you know i thought about like people social media people reading my newsletter and being like who why is she telling people how to leave a comment going to leave a comment but I knew that my customers didn't because they were asking me (laughs) how to leave a comment. It was confusing them. And I would say my, my aha moment was when I realized that I wasn't writing for my peers, that I was writing for my customers and that I was never going to win any industry awards on some groundbreaking new piece of content. But I was telling my customers what they wanted and what a lot of other people weren't telling them because they were trying to come up with something um, more impressive or more unique. And I feel like that was a huge aha for me that shaped my newsletter and a lot of other decisions I've made in my business. And I use that format for my newsletter, which I see a lot of people use as sort of one tip a week. Um, and it's since then, it's been a backbone of my business. I started it the first week of January, 2009, and it's gone out every single Wednesday ever since.
0: When people could expect one tip a week, that really means something. And on a much smaller and different level, that's why I'm having my success quote every episode of Entrepreneur on Fire, which is five days a week, is because your audience was looking forward to this specific tip that they knew they were going to receive, just like my audience looks forward to an entrepreneur that they admire, their favorite success quote. So I definitely see where you were going with that. It's definitely been a success. You have over 30,000 subscribers. That's an enormous number. So Congratulations for that. Has LKR or have you as Laura Roeder, have you had an I made it moment?
1: <laughs> um, I had an I made it moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have. I think, you know, what comes to mind for me is I got to go, um, okay, well, I'll tell the whole story. So there's a woman named Marie Forleo that I used to uh, run a business with. And Marie still runs it. It's doing really awesome. So Marie's business, it's a business for entrepreneurial women. It's called Rich, Happy, and Hot. And we ran a program together called Rich, Happy, and Hot B-School, which was an online program that taught, uh, business, that taught women how to have online businesses. And uh, Marie and I, I guess at that point, we had done B-School – Just once, and she had gotten connected with Virgin Unite, which is the uh, charitable arm of the Virgin, you know, group of companies and Richard Branson's company. And I knew that Virgin Unite, I had heard that they did these special trips and entrepreneurs got to go on where you do some charity work and you meet other entrepreneurs and you get to meet Richard Branson and he's there. And I knew that Marie was meeting with Virgin Unite. You know, she was excited that she was having this meeting, and like I just knew that something good, <laughs> something good, and something exciting was going to happen. <laughs> um, and I remember she called me. I remember I was in Las Vegas for a conference, and she called me after the meeting, and she told me that they had invited us to go on what's called a Virgin Connect trip to South Africa. So we were gonna go on safari with Richard Branson and go to the uh, Virgin Center for entrepreneurship in Johannesburg. Wow! And, yeah, <laughs> and I—it was such a it, so. Oh my God! It was—it was the ultimate dream for me because I love all the entrepreneurship stuff. I, you know, I love all the nonprofit stuff. I love Richard Branson, and I'm a huge animal lover. And I had always wanted to go on safari.
0: This is the best uh, trip ever.
1: it was like the best, the best trip ever. So we said yes on the spot. In order to go on the trip, you have to make a big donation to Virgin Unite, like way more money than I had ever donated before. And I was, you know, I'm only 28 now. This was, I don't know, a year or two ago, I guess two years ago. So I was very young. You know, I wasn't that far along in my business. And it was just an instant yes. Like we have to do this. You know, it doesn't matter how much it costs we're in. And when making that decision and being there, I really felt like, wow, this is this is really cool. This is so many things that I've that I've always wanted in my life, kind of all culminating at once. So that that was an amazing experience.
0: That is by far the best I made at moment. <laughs> that Entrepreneur on fire has had. So Thank you so much, and you no longer have to feel bad for not having failures or not liking (laughs) success quotes or all of those things. You have just blown it out of the water.
1: Excellent. I made it up in the end.
0: So let's talk about your current business right now. Mm -hmm. You're rolling along in your current business. You have a team of six people. You're working on scalability. You're thinking of the future. You're doing all the right things. What's one thing that is really exciting you about LKR social media?
1: Well, it's such a fun time right now because, uh, as I said, we're really in the beginning stages of of this whole new undertaking in our business. So actually, uh, the first month just went through, so anybody who's ever done a subscription knows that that's kind of the big moment, you know, because you can do a special offer. We did a big special offer for the launch, and you can get people in the door, and we had a very successful launch and got a lot of people but then you're kind of crossing your fingers like, okay, they'll buy it, but does anybody like it um, enough to stay in? And I'm happy to report <laughs> it's doing very well. Nice. very well, and um, we've had a, a great retention rate. So it's a really fun time because there's so much to play with. You know, we spent a lot of time planning what all the content was going to be. Um, I'm, I'm really good at being organized and planning things in advance, so we kind of have... As far as running the site and maintaining it and generating the content, that's kind of locked and loaded, so we really have the freedom to really dive into the site, you know, spend a lot of time on the forum, getting to know the entrepreneurs that are there and just brainstorming how can we make this really fun, how can we make this really cool, how can we make it you know, more educational and more enjoyable for the people that are inside the forum. So I think that's always a really great place to be in your business where you have sort of the baseline established and now you get to play and and make it even better.
0: For a lot of our listeners today, they look at entrepreneurs and they say, what the heck do these guys do on a daily basis? Now, I know that your day changes from week to week, from month to month, from day to day, Mm -hmm. but let's pull the curtain back a little bit. There are definitely commonalities that you have during the course of each day. So, give us two tasks that occupy a good part of your day, seemingly every day. For
1: me, a big of it, a big part of it is writing. Um, basically, my role in my company right now is marketing. I mean, I, I kind of lead and run the company, but I also have a project manager that really runs and manages a lot of the day-to-day. So. My, my job is marketing and I had no idea when you do an online business, how much writing you're doing all the time. I feel like that's all I do. Um, and I mentioned that I don't like writing articles, but I do like writing marketing. I really like, uh, writing email marketing campaigns and putting together, you know, sales pages and opt-in pages and things like that. So two things that I do every day, I'm always working on, on some sort of marketing, like an email campaign or Um, tweaking an opt-in page you know looking at ads and how they're converting that's a new thing for me because I never did advertising the first few years of my business and this year we're trying to put more money um, in advertising to see if that's a way that that we can scale faster so basically kind of well for me marketing and then like I said right now going into social media marketer um, and talking to people helping people out and, and seeing what people are excited about what questions they have
0: Okay, in 30 seconds, share with us something that's really exciting you about the future of the online world as you see it. Something
1: that's really exciting me about the future of the online world is I think people are getting more creative. And I know that that's something that's always been important to me. So something you see a lot in uh, online in any industry is kind of there's one head guy And then everybody else kind of does the same thing. So you see the same types of programs and the same websites and the same newsletters. You know, when I was researching how to put social media marketer together, I kept finding all this stuff. Like, there's three types of membership sites, and this is the (laughs) only way to do it. And I kind of thought, no, that's not really the only way to do it. And I feel like now that online marketing and online businesses have a little bit of a footing. It's still a new thing, but online businesses, you know, it's 2012. We've been going strong for, for 10 years now at least. Uh, now people are starting to branch out and to explore a little more. And I love to see when people get creative and they do new types of programs and new types of structures and new types of marketing. And that's what I would like to see a lot more of.
0: I am definitely looking forward to seeing that develop as well. So we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning rounds. (laughs) This is where I'm going to provide you with a series of questions, and you're going to provide us with a series of amazing and mind-blowing answers. (laughs) Does that sound like a plan? I'm ready. (laughs) No pressure, of course. What was the number one thing that was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: Um, I was really worried about how young I was. Well, I was really young and I look and I sound even younger than I am. And I was convinced that no one would listen to me and no one would take me seriously. And that did happen (laughs) to a degree, uh, but I did it anyway.
0: What is the best business advice you ever received?
1: Something that I learned from Evan Pagan that I always think about is people don't fail, systems fail. And what that means is that whenever you have a problem, a mistake, a breakdown, instead of looking at the person and saying, you did this wrong, you need to look at what system did we have messed up or more likely what system did we not have in place at all that caused this to happen. And then you can fix the root of the problem.
0: You might have just found your favorite success quote.
1: Uh, maybe maybe that is. I didn't even realize. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is something that's working for you and or LKR social media right now?
1: Something that's working for me right now is, oh, what should I pick? What should I pick? Um, it's boring, but email marketing. Email marketing is always my favorite, is always the winner, Uh, It's what I always go back to, and something that I've been digging into is I've been writing a new sequence of really detailed, long, long emails, Um, kind of like those newsletters (laughs) that I was complaining about earlier. Um, So I don't know if it's like a trend going back around, but I've been writing emails that are just uh, not articles, but just like I'm talking to someone, sort of telling them everything I know about how to get more views on your video or YouTube or Uh, how to get more followers on Twitter and just written really casually, just advice, like everything I know about this topic and people are loving those. They're working really well.
0: That's great. I mean, you now have over 30,000 passionate, devoted subscribers. So you can get a little more in depth because these people feel like they know you and they want to hear what you have to say. And I can kind of compare that to one of my buddies, Pat Flynn, of Smart Passive Income, mm-hmm. who writes these very long, detailed, intimate emails that really yeah. resonate with the audience. So I think that if that's the, the kind of email that you're getting into, it's a great path to take.
1: Yeah, I love his stuff too.
0: What is the best business book that you've read in the last six months?
1: My favorite is Double Double by Cameron Harold. Uh, Cameron's someone who has been a mentor to me and taught me a lot about business and how, uh, I learned from Cameron about how corporate culture is something that applies not to just big businesses, but small online businesses like mine. And Double Double is awesome because it tells you exactly what to do. It's a very, very actionable book, very easy read. I would highly recommend it to everyone.
0: Great. Thank you. We'll have that in the show notes so people can just go and click the link there. So this is the last question. This is by far my favorite question. It's kind of a tricky one. So take your time, think about it, digest it, and give us the best answer you can. If you woke up tomorrow morning, you still had all of your experience and knowledge that you currently have, but LKR social media had completely disappeared, so you essentially had a clean slate, which is how a lot of our listeners find themselves right now, with a clean slate. What would you do in the next seven days?
1: Oh, in the next seven days, I wasn't—I wasn't expecting it to end that way.
0: That's a twist.
1: <laughs> it's a twist. I mean, I guess if I had a clean slate, I—I I really love my business. I love so many things about my business. I love my model. I love that it's all online. I love that we don't have an office. I love working with small businesses. They're my favorite people to work with uh, because I think they make a big. Difference in the world and the economy, and the stuff I teach them can make a huge difference in their bottom line. So it's really rewarding. So I would start a very similar business to what I have now. The only thing that I might change to make my life easier is. Uh, like I mentioned before, when you do social media, you have to recreate everything constantly. You know, whenever Twitter comes out with a new look, which they love to do all the time, we have to update our videos because otherwise it confuses people if they're if they're following along with something that's out of date. So I think I would start something that was the exact same. Maybe instead of doing social media, I would just do kind of business advice, marketing advice um, that's more evergreen, kind of how I've built a business and my philosophies about it, which... I'm always kind of sort of sharing anyway and spreading through the business that I do. So I think I would start the same kind of online business, um, maybe make it a little easier by not doing social media.
0: Great, great answer. And that's gonna do it for this interview. So Laura, thank you so much for joining us today. You've given us some great actionable advice and Fire Nation is definitely better for it. So give us one parting piece of advice and then give yourself a plug And then we'll peace out.
1: All right. Sounds good. Um, My parting piece of advice would be that you can't predict the future. This is something that I'm always telling small business owners. You don't know how anything is going to work out ever. So you just have to give it a shot and you just have to give it a try. Because so many people get stuck spinning their wheels, not moving forward because they say, well, I want to start this program or service, but I don't know if anybody's going to buy it. But you have to remember that you'll never know if anybody's going to buy it. There's never going to be that moment in your life where uh, you get psychic ability. Or, you know, maybe maybe that's true for you. That'd be pretty awesome if it was. So <laughs> you, just, you just have to jump in and do it. So that's, that's my parting advice. And you can find me at lkrsocialmedia.com. I would love to chat with you on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash LKR social media or on Twitter at LKR.
0: Awesome, Laura. We'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Hey guys, this is John Lee Dumas signing off. Remember to subscribe to our email list for your chance to win $50 cash every Wednesday. Fire Nation, my one call to action to you today is this. If you enjoyed this free podcast and want to show your love, head over to eofire.com, click the subscribe and iTunes button at the top of our page, and you'll be shot over to iTunes to leave a rating and review. To show my appreciation for your hopefully five-star rating, I will give you a shout out at the top of an upcoming show, and then you can tweet about how awesome you are. Seriously, though, it would really mean a lot to all of us here at Fire Nation that work so hard to bring you this content five days a week. Until next time, Fire Nation, prepare to ignite. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.